If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is my PS I Love You XOXO co-host, Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? I don't know why that made me so excited to hear, because like I know I'm the PS I Love You co-host, but I was like, hell yeah. How's yeah, as if it's new news, it's like, oh shit, I'm on that show now? Holy cow. <laughs> oh yeah, How's the PS I Love Fridays logo. It's it's going really good, yeah. Uh, I think Barrett had just pulled up the... Uh, P.S. I love Friday's logo that L2 Larson made. I am obsessed awesome. with this logo. I think it's great branding moving forward. For we should, this segment. I just realize it's the shape of a PS5. Whoa. Yeah, that's hot. That's hot. Yeah, shout out to L2 Larson for this. Uh, I meant to actually send it to Kevin or somebody before the show to actually make it the logo. But yeah, I, I don't have, that, te- I, I don't that, have that technology to like crop that out and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not smart like Kevin. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. I love this because I, I I I feel like I don't usually get the like the hot name for the day I'm hosting. I, I feel like yep. that's usually reserved for Tim and somebody else, or it's reserved for I guess it's, it always is Tim, right? Because it's Tim Tam. It's the Janet Tim Detective Agency. It's the <laughs> I feel like Tim Tim is usually the one that's thinking hard about that kind of thing. And so shout out to the person that wrote it and was like, "Yo, Fridays with Janet and Blessing should be hashtag PSLO Fridays." I think that is phenomenal. Once they put it out there, it became so obvious. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I never thought to use the fact that we do PS I Love You together as an angle. I was just, like, stuck on how you could combine our names in weird mm-hmm. ways that didn't ultimately sound that good. Planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we get planted just... a lot. And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound great. You know, that doesn't roll off the tongue. I it need sounds something like that a sounds... bland planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I need something that rolls off the tongue like Tim Tam. Tim Tam is such a good, like, yeah, oh, yeah, you, can't, name right. you can't top Tim Tam because Tim Tams are also an actual thing, you know? It's, yes. Yeah, yeah. The PSLO Fridays, that works uh, too good. Janet, your shirt, is that an astronaut just on the, on the moon? Is that just what? Oh, it's an MTV shirt. Yeah, it's an MTV shirt. It's like an MTV, the moon landing thing. That's fresh. That's fresh. I love that. Thanks. Janet, you know what else I love? Video game news. Let's talk about today's stories, which include our first look at the GTA Trilogy remasters, an upcoming PlayStation State of Play, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around my, my 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 desk is like filled with shit so i had to like look i had to like find where i could actually bang on my desk the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily 
post show. Housekeeping for you, our Spider-Man 1 rewatch episode of In Review is up right now. It's a lengthy and crazy journey featuring me, Anthony Carboni, Tim, Nick, and Andy. You can catch that Sam Raimi Spider-Man breakdown on youtube.com slash kind of funny and on podcast services around the globe. And let me tell you, that is an episode of In Review that you don't want to miss. Anthony Carboni was in peak form that episode. He had he had some kind of feedback or th- a thing to say about every single detail uh, uh, imaginable in Spider-Man, and it was a sight to behold. And, I, I'm and just a beautiful saying, thing to because, to. you know, when we originally did Spider-Man in review, that was so long ago, it was before any of us even worked at Kind of Funny, right? And when they originally reviewed those movies, they got a lot of flack because of, you know, some of their original thoughts when they originally did that in review. And Which, for the people... To be fair, correct flack, because I saw that list and I was like, holy shit, that is yeah. incorrect. The, the, like, you're allowed to say that, you know, maybe some of the Tobey Maguire uh, movies don't hold up as much uh, as they once did, right? But to put mm. to put the Amazing Spider-Man movies over over them, I think it's but, just a cardinal sin. But I digress, Blessing. I, for I, the, the Amazing Spider-Man there, 1... For the fans out there who wanted justice... For the Tobey Maguire movies, y'all get Anthony Carboni defending oh and breaking form. down the minute details of this movie, and it's 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 a sight to behold. It's, it's incredible. Fantastic. And listen, Amazing Spider-Man One, really good movie. I love Amazing Spider-Man One. Amazing Spider-Man Two being that high on the original it's ranking is a two, crime, dude. It's so fucking that is ridiculous. Because I remember walking out of that movie being like, "That it's was almost not, the that highest." I couldn't imagine Amazing Spider-Man 2 being ranked that high and somehow, somehow kind of funny finds a way. And so go back, uh, listen to the rewatch if you want justice. And I'm sure throughout the whole rewatch we'll get justice because I plan to be on that. And I'll give my honest opinions about Amazing Spider-Man 2. But for now, let me remind you that uh, the third episode of The Arkham Files premieres this Monday at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. And it's all about why Arkham Origins feels like it was left behind by WB and why it nails the origin the origin story of batman did i nail that bear is that, is, 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 is that nailed the- it dude hell yeah We're hell yeah talk Thanks about you know like the the elements of that game of like why it kind of got left behind and forgotten not just by wb but also like the i feel like uh when people in general just talk about the legacy of batman arkham origins uh kind of gets thrown under the rug there um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about those elements, but also what makes that game truly special, which I think is the story, which uh, yeah. at the time of release for the Arkham series when Origins came out, I think it I think it did have the the best told story uh, in the series. So oh. there you go. We'll look out for that video. That's coming Monday. And of course, that's a and, Barrett Roger Bacorny joint. And that is on the and this is something I did not plan for. I planned for the Arkham City 10 year release. Monday is the eight year anniversary of Batman Arkham. Oh, Origins, so that's a, that's a fun little thing. That is awesome. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Canva and ButcherBox. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Uppickers dozen. A huge news day for you. Let's start with story number one. GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition looks incredible. I'm pulling from Cameron Faulkner at The Verge. And as I'm reading, Bear's going to pull up the actual gameplay trailers for the GTA Trilogy featuring Vice City, GTA 3, and San Andreas. Rockstar Games finally showed off a trailer for the remastered Grand Theft Auto trilogy, including GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, showcasing many graphical and quality of life improvements made to each game. The Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy definitive edition collection, will launch digitally on November 11th for $59.99. 
You'll be able to play them on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series X slash S console, along with PC, via the Rockstar Games launcher. It'll get a physical release on December 7th, followed by versions for iOS and Android in the first half of 2022. Xbox Game Pass subscribers will get instant access to Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the Definitive Edition, on launch day. Grand Theft Auto 3, the Definitive Edition, will come to PlayStation Now on December 7th. Each of these games was remastered by Grove Street Games, which is an interesting name for, for a developer, uh, which appears to have done extensive work to make them far prettier and more playable than their PS2 counterparts. Rockstar says it used the Unreal Engine and a completely rebuilt lighting system, and the graphical improvements seem to touch practically every part of the games. The list provided in Rockstar's press release includes improved shadows, weather, and reflections, and upgraded vehicles and character models. There are increased draw distances, smoother surfaces, and, quote, higher resolution textures across buildings, weapons, ro- uh, roads, interiors, and more, end quote. Uh, and a thing I'll add that I don't think uh, this article mentions is that uh, you, if you fail a mission, you can restart that mission automatically as opposed to in the original games when you, when you would fail a mission and then have to drive all the way back to where that mission starts to actually get it going. Wait, really? The article continues. Yeah. Wow. Oh, dude. It's been a like, long time since I played those games. So I, I that definitely. I remember. Was, uh, I remember vividly. Like GTA San Andreas had um, some moments of fixing that, where if you would fail a mission, you could press like a button on the D pad, and it would take you to the start of it. But for the most part, in throughout the trilogy, you would have to. If you died or if you failed, you had to drive all the way back. It was such a time waster, and it was. going to revolutionize so the way that I don't progress through this game. <laughs> exactly. That's actually that's actually a beautiful way to put it. Uh, but the article continues. Rockstar Games confirmed that each game has Grand Theft Auto Five inspired controls. That alone should do a lot of heavy lifting in making these games feel more modern. Targeting and lock-on aiming has been overhauled in each game. Uh, in terms in terms of their interfaces, each game offers updated weapon and radio station wheels, along with new mini maps that let players set waypoints and destinations. There are some platform-specific additions, too. On Nintendo Switch, Rockstar added gyroscopic aiming, uh, and you can utilize its touchscreen to zoom or pan with the camera and make selections within menus. The PC version of 45GB download supports NVIDIA's DLSS tech that can help games run a little better on a wider array of graphics uh, graphics cards without a noticeable drop in visual quality. Janet Garcia, uh, the the trailers that uh, Barrett was showing earlier... Those dropped this morning. They took Twitter by storm. What is your reaction to these new details about GTA Trilogy, the Definitive Edition collection? It looks a lot nicer than I thought it would. Like, I kind of was, and I was going to be down regardless because I'm like, all right, a, a more inherently modern way to play these games, I'm down. It's been either a long time for some of these games for me or some of these I think I might have just missed entirely. So I'm like, I'm in no matter what you put out there, which I know some people would be like, you're part of the problem. I'm like, look, I'm just going to buy it. I already know this. But it looks so much more polished and vibrant um and it actually reminds me a lot of the obviously it's pulling on its base art style like in a very clear way but it reminds me a lot of how sort of uh like double a like narrative things look which i know to some people might sound like like i'm throwing shade towards it but i think that art style works really well where it's sort of like a little bit cartoony really smooth really clear in like the detailings but like very obviously trying to execute on an intentional art style so that's what i like about this where i think this approach to the overhaul works so well because it sort of preserves the base look of the game while also feeling like 
weirdly timeless in a way. Like I think this this art style overhaul, as slight as small as it is, will like age pretty well. Um, and I, I also like that just in the side by side that they have in these trailers, it's so clear what the difference is. Like when you put mm. them side by side. And one thing I was kind of worried about was that I, I think we all have, unless you're like a graphical expert, I think we've all had those moments where we've looked at maybe the definitive edition or the remaster of something and they're like, or something running on one piece of hardware and another. And they're like, look at the difference. And I'm like, this looks like exactly the same to me. Like I cannot yeah. perceive what the differences are. I was a little bit worried it'd be kind of like that, but I feel like it is a very clear improvement and um, hearing the stuff about the controls only gets me more excited. Again, it's been a long time for me for some of these games, so I don't even know offhand what my complaints were. But just from how they're describing like the little quality of life stuff, um, keeping like the modern control scheme a little bit more in mind, improving like how you lock on to things like I think it's going to be a pretty smooth experience and i'm this has me definitely more excited and i'm also excited by the release date like it's it's basically it's almost here now which is kind of overwhelming yeah. in some ways because we got a lot of a lot of drops coming out in november with like forza being that same week and like shimigami tensei and the next week's pokemon brilliant diamond Jesus. or whatever which i feel like i'm gonna skip that pokemon game to be honest but yeah there's a lot going on oh, and dude, i'm excited about it yeah, i can't, I can't wait played. for pokemon dude I can't I wait for be, Have you played I'd Diamond and Pearl before? No, and I'd like to for this. But the reason that I'm like, I think I might just skip it is I feel like I'd be better off using my time just cleaning up on the games I missed. And also since RCS is coming out like right after, I just feel like I'll swing back to this. Mm. Like, See, Pokemon is that is, and I know this isn't a Pokemon conversation, but we're here now. <laughs> Pokemon is that game where every time a new mainline Pokemon comes out or like Pokemon Let's Go or whatever, usually I'm like, oh, I don't need to play this. I'll skip it. And inevitably... Every single time Pokemon gets its hooks in me, and that becomes the game I play. Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield came out in, like, I think the same week as Death Stranding, or at least they came out very yeah. close together. And I remember in that moment being like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to play Death Stranding first. Of course that's going to be the game that will get all my time. And I think there was also another game. It might have been Jedi Fallen Order, but something along those lines. I was coming out around that same time, too. And I was like, oh, man, these two other games are going to demand way more of my time. I'm going to focus in on these. Pokemon always finds a way to get me. And so I... I I'm not even going to try and resist it now. I know I'm going to play the hell out of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and or Pearl, especially because I've not played the original game. So this is going to be yeah, my first same. time I'm, I'm excited to like end the year on kind of like a, yeah, let's play like a just a fun, sweet, mindless yeah. RPG. Pokemon is such a good last couple of months game too. Like so, it's it's chill. It feels like a good palette. Yeah, yeah. Turkeys in the oven. It's, it's a good holiday type of game. But to uh, to bring it back to GTA the, and to uh, – uh, further, the point that Janet was saying about like the stylized cartoon thing, I, I I think there are some people out there who are like aren't stoked about that. But for me, it reminds me a lot when um when they re uh, did the remaster or remake, whatever you want to call it, for Destroy All Humans, and they really leaned into like the very mm -hmm. like cartoony vibe that like at the time that these games came out, right? Compared to other games, they didn't like have as much of a cartoon cartoony feel but like looking at them today i think it, it was a smart choice to kind of like lean into that get all vibrant with it especially with like uh uh three and uh, uh vice city i think that was a, a really smart move yeah yeah and this this comes back a little bit to what i was talking about uh either last week or a few weeks ago one of the things i kept talking about with this game was temper your expectations right like you know lower those expectations don't consider this a huge remake don't expect this to be off the chain don't expect for a gta original trilogy to look don't, like don't 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 expect GTA it to look 5. like gta 5 or something yeah and i think this is seeing what we've gotten in this new trailer i think this is the best case scenario for what they could have done with those games because for what these games are as games that originated on the ps2 you look at you look at the graphics you look at the the blocky style and 
I think leaning into that and going, cool, how do we polish this and how do we make this look the best it can while maintaining how those games played and polishing the aspects of them that real that really could use with polish right doing the respawn thing adding better lighting adding better adding the gta 5 inspired controls adding in a, a mini map that functions uh, a bit more in a modern way i think those are the best things that you could do and finding a way to retain that original art style while you know making it look a bit uh, way more crisp and look making it look uh fantastic especially with how the lighting looks i think is the correct thing to do you know i was blown away a little bit in that trailer when you would see some of the facial animations in the characters which like i don't even remember it's been so long now that i'm like did they even have facial animations was it metal gear solid like where like you just had the block faces i'm sure they had a little bit of that there but I, seeing I that think in the remaster it, i think was, it sticks out a little bit more. i think three was kind of like that not to the extent of metal gear though but uh yeah i think course, i yeah. think like uh vice city and san andreas i remember like there being some sort of expression set <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I do still wonder, one of the, the one thing they don't mention in any of these write ups still is music, which really worries me because uh, I think that is something that you would advertise and something that you would list as a feature featuring all the original soundtracks featuring well, it probably it probably isn't. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I just that, think it'd be so implying, hard yeah. to get all of them. Like, and I think if they said, like, bringing back some of your favorite songs that people would just be like, what aren't you bringing back? Like, I feel like that's mm. always the angle when they have these kind of situations. So uh, I also think I don't I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing that they didn't mention that here, because I think what like in this, you know, article and write up specifically, which is, you know, covering like what the news was from this drop, like they're focusing on the big hits, which is here's where the date is. Here's how you can buy it. Um, the, some of the free access I was kind of surprised by, too. It's really cool that there's like some really affordable ways to play that play parts of this collection, um, which I wasn't expecting either. And then focusing on what is, I think, different and improved. So I think that that's more of just like a random game detail that I wouldn't expect to see in something like this. But I do agree that I'm also anticipating or looking forward to what that license soundtrack looks mm. like. Um, one see, thing I was I, surprised well, by is the fact wanna, that they have, it's $60. Oh yeah, I think $60 is a great price for this yeah. too. I saw some, there, when I, I tweeted about this earlier today and I had like one or two people respond uh, in terms of like, a, oh, $60 seems too much or full price seems too much. And I'm like, yo, you're getting three full games. Yeah, three, it's three games. Full open world games that are being touched up and, re and fully remastered. I think $60 is a pretty decent price for a collection like this. If it was just GTA San Andreas Definitive Edition $60, then I'd understand more of a, oh, that seems very steep. But I think for the three games, that's actually a decent price. That is $20 per game uh, for remasters. On the point of the music, though, the thing I will say is when we look at th this press release, every single piece of news that they have included in this thing are good pieces of news. Objectively good. It's hard, it's hard to really pick apart any of these things. And I think that's more the reason why they're not saying anything about music. Because when it comes to Rockstar... Rockstar understands how how important music is to their games. They've for GTA 5 over the years have added in more music, added in more radio stations. They have partnered with folks like Frank Ocean. They have partnered with DJs. Rockstar started up a record label. They 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 love how into music they are, right? And they they they're very focused in on the importance of music in their games. And I think I I think it's an easy bullet point to make that hey, we we have all the music that we had before and more. I think what it points, what this points to is that you're not going to get the full soundtracks. I, it might even be as small as a few songs are missing 
And that might be enough for them to go, okay, let's not include it in the, in the roundup because people are going to mm-hmm. harp on that. Let's just focus on everything that's good, and then we can roll out those details later. That's my read on it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we get all, all, all the same songs. But regardless, right, I think overall this is a very net positive in terms of uh, what this news is. And, yeah, I think you're right in terms of the uh, San Andreas coming out on Game Pass I, is a really good move. And then um, 3 coming out on PlayStation Now later on is also a very good move, right? Like, th- those are, again, affordable ways to get into those games. But then also those work as advertisements for, hey, you really like playing San Andreas uh, on Game Pass. Why don't you come buy the rest? Why don't you go play Vice City in, in GTA 3 or vice versa with PlayStation Now, right? Like, why don't you come play Vice City in GTA San Andreas? I think it's a very smart way to do this. And also is, an, is another reinforcement for, damn, like, Game Pass is super dope. Like having that launch day and day is, is such a cool thing and is big for that platform. And same with three in, in, in PlayStation Now, honestly. Like we we've complained, or at least I've complained recently about how PlayStation Now hasn't had many things come out day and date. And I know this isn't technically day and date, but even coming out like a month after launch is still pretty good for PS Now for something like this. And so kudos to that too. Yeah, I'd agree. Um are you is this something you think you're gonna play? The, the day comes out like what's your plan for this and then are you gonna play through like all of them or you're just gonna taste it like it's just something you want to have in your catalog or are you like playing to do, run through the entire trilogy i've been thinking about that a lot and you alluded to this earlier that uh you know the progression stuff like oh you're fine more ways for me to not finish these games gta san andreas out of these three gta san andreas is the one that i've played all the way through in terms of story and i played it multiple times in terms of story gta vice city and three were the games for me where i'll play it the way that so many of us and our friends would play those games where i am there for the destruction i am there for the cheat codes i'll do like a couple of missions at the beginning and then hit a point where i'm either stuck on a mission i'm like you know what fuck this i'm going to do the the cheat code where i can now fly cars around and i'm going to crash a car into this thing or i'm going to spawn tanks or i'm going to just cause destruction that ended up being the way that i would play three and vice city and this collection is making me consider what if i did go back and finish those two games and then replay gta san andreas because i do want to replay gta san andreas and so I think I'm going to. It's also going to depend on what else is coming out around uh, that time, right? This is like November eleventh, uh, and Veterans Day. Are... Oh, Veterans Day! Wait, is that and really Veterans Day? Yeah, it's Veterans Day, and it's my dad's birthday. That's why I know it's Veterans Day. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, like that comes out around uh, similar times as Forza and uh, I think Pokemon, right? And so, like... Tensei. Oh yeah, and Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, so like, yeah. there's a lot of games coming out around that time that I do want to play. Uh, and so we'll see. I my bet is out of all the games that are going to be out. Oh, I was going to say out, out, around about, between all those games that are coming out around that time, uh, GTA would be the one that naturally I'd probably be in the mood to play. But Forza is a game that usually I'm always in the mood to play as well. Like, it, it's it's going to be a difficult decision trying to figure out how I'm going to tra- tackle all. Here's of these, how you do it. Here's how you, you do it. Play so them. like Forza, you're going to play on uh, your Xbox, right? You have like, yeah. You have your little uh, entertainment center. You're going to play it mm-hmm. there. Then you get the GTA trilogy on Switch. And so when no, you're I'm like, not. all right, it's time to like <laughs> go lay down in bed uh, because it's uh, it's getting a little late. You lay down in bed. Boom. Turn on your Barrett, Switch. That's what Shin Megami Tensei is for. Shin Megami Tensei is that game for me that I'm going to be playing in bed on my Switch. GTA, I'm playing on a next-gen console. I'm playing <laughs> with the 60 FPS and the performance and the visual fidelity. Is it I am not going to be that. 60 on, uh, on the Switch? I feel like those are like, simple I just enough don't. games that they could. Here, listen to yourself. And especially like on the yeah, OLED. Like I, <laughs> listen to I'm yourself. Just saying, I'm just saying. Mm-mm, I'm okay. I'm not. Jenna, are you gonna play it? Yeah, I'd like to play it. Um, 
am I going to play it? Those are different questions. Like, I'd like to play it. Um, I'm going to get it. I don't know when I'll get around to playing it. I, I also am very much looking forward to Forza Horizon, but like, and historically, I've never like finished any of those of the Forza Horizon games. I know they don't have like a formal credits role, but for me, like in racing games, I'll just make beating it when I events. do maybe all the yeah, all the big events or something like that um, is how I mark it. And I'd love so I'd love for this to be one I see through in its entirety. Uh, so I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And that's why I'm like, I think Pokemon's going to have to like just move out the way for something else. Um, maybe oh, yeah, during po- that week. And then, like, you know, like, Hawkeye comes out during, you know, it's the Hawkeye season coming up, too. So I'm going to be watching that while I cook. So I don't know. Like, I feel like GTA isn't as chill of a Thanksgiving-era game. I mean, maybe people will get into it in my apartment and, like, we'd all be playing together or something. But I don't, I just don't really know how it's going to fit into the calendar. But um, I like to Hawkeye is simple. Hawkeye is that game that you play while you're playing Pokemon. Or the, the Hawkeye, Hawkeye is the thing you watch while you're playing Pokemon on your, on your Switch. I got that unlocked. I'm I've pulled up a release calendar right now to to, to look at how November looks like, right? And uh, November 9th, you're getting Forza Horizon Five. Two days later, November 11th, you're getting Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy, the Definitive Edition, which is three games bundled bundled into one collection. You're getting that same day Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic for Switch. And then you're also getting the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Special Edition for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Then the day after Barrett, the day after Janet, is one of the, the, the most anticipated game releases of the year, Nerf Legends. What? What? Nerf Legends is coming out November 12th. Also, which, you remember this? Star Wars Stop on it. Switch. Star we Wars watched the Switch, trailer like, on this show. <laughs> and that game would, looks incredible. I, I feel like Star Wars on Switch, just wait for the... They're remaking it just generally anyway, right? Like, I would just wait for that. Like, who's uh, like... For PS5 ex- uh, exclusively, I think. Yeah, I guess if you only have a Switch, but like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like some games just... Listen, I'm not going to play some... the... I'm not going to play Nice of the Old Republic on Switch. I'm going to wait for that for sure. But I'm sure like yeah, there's was, enough like, fans of that. Again, blessing it, it when it's time to go betty by, right? And you just go, you go into your <laughs> exactly. bed and you're like, all right, let me turn on my Switch. And then you play some uh, Nice of the Old Republic. But then also uh, on November 12th, sharing the day with Nerf Legends, which, oh man, that's going to be an uphill battle for this next game is Shimigami Tensei, right? And so that is a back-to-back, you know, I GTA and Shimigami Tensei, I'm sure, have very different fan bases, but the crossover, which somehow kind of does include me, <laughs> it's going to be rough for us out here. It's going to be rough for yeah. us. Uh, and then Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pearl comes out November 19th, and so the week after, along with Battlefield 2042. Jeez. Those come out the same day. We have, so we November have, is huge. We have very little time to beat all of those games before uh, Pokemon comes out. Oh man, it's a big November. I can't wait for it. It's, it's, I feel like people are underrating how much of a of a banger uh, this November is. But man, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm gonna do. We'll figure it out. But for now, Janet, let's talk about something else that's very exciting. With story number two, State of Play returns next Wednesday. Uh, this is Sid Schumann at the PlayStation blog. Uh, Sid writes, hello again. Just a quick note to tell you that State of Play returns next Wednesday, October 27th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. As usual, you can watch our broadcast live on Twitch and YouTube. Hooray. This time out, we'll be focusing on announcements and updates for upcoming third-party releases headed to PS5 and PS4. The show is looking to be around 20 minutes or so, uh, and we'll share new looks at previously announced games, plus a few reveals from our partners around the world. See you next Wednesday. Janet, how excited are you for this upcoming state of play? I'm pretty excited because, like, I didn't think they were going to do anything else. I really thought they were going to do what they just did. You know, like, I'll be transparent about that. That's that was how I was feeling. And and that's where I was at. And then they did something. And I was like, OK, cool. So, like, to have another state of play, like when I saw this news, I was just like, 
oh my god another one like i i guess i'm getting excited in the sense that i feel like you could have easily just done nothing and i wouldn't have judged you for it in any way because you just did a state of play not that long ago and we're getting toward the end of the year so like it definitely is the time to like simultaneously get stuff out there but also like pack it in like this is the era this era of the year is like when you look at your goals and you realize get, just throw these away you know let's just think about what's 2022 gonna look like like 2021 is over it's done so i'm i'm frankly a little shocked that they have this obviously it's not gonna be probably as crazy in terms of heavy hitters in the sense that it's third party releases versus last time where it was very first party mm-hmm. focused um and it's only 20 minutes but also the Animal Crossing direct was only 20 minutes and that that thing was fire. So I feel like you can do a lot in 20 minutes if you if you bring the heat. And I just want to see Stray. So I, that, that's oh, where yeah. my head's at. Give me that cat. I game. feel like that's that's a nice third party win if they could if they have something relevant to say. Um, I won't exactly be as excited if they just show it to me again and they're like still working on it. But um, man, if they can have like a release date or a window or something, I think that'd be Super exciting. That was the first game I thought of when I read this. Uh, where's your head at? What games are you looking forward to for this? Is this shocking to you? I, I think you, your your head is in the perfect place in terms of, yeah, let's see if we see something like Stray there. Because uh, I am I glance at chat, right? And, like, you know, folks are like, Final Fantasy 16. Metal Gear Solid Tokyo. 3 Remake. And it's like, y'all, let's let's temper those expectations. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying this. Temper those expectations. That's a 10 minutes of death loop, which I think is hilarious. That'd be amazing, right? Like, them saying... Uh, we'll be focusing on announcements and updates for upcoming third-party releases headed to PS5 and PS4. Them even saying PS4, I think, is enough to be like, okay, cool. Like, this is going to be a state of play that is along the lines of the previous state of plays that we've gotten recently, which haven't been filled with bangers. The last state of play we got had, like, Arena, uh, Hunter's Arena, uh, what was that game called? Hunter's Arena Legends, the PS Plus game. Yes. Uh, and it had, like, Arcade Again, right? I think that's the level of state of play uh uh to expect here with 20 minutes and coming off of a huge playstation showcase i don't think they really have their uh like they don't have the cannon loaded with bangers right now they just told you about the bangers they just told you about the good stuff uh i think this is going to be very much uh focused on hey what's in the immediate future right like part of me even if if they didn't specify third party releases my my brain would even go to oh cool the headliner will probably be more horizon forbidden west <laughs> gameplay them saying hey we're focusing on uh upcoming third party releases tells me hey like you know headliner might be stray uh and i think that's fine uh, i might i did expect them to do one more state of play to round out the year i think that was a conversation that we had on i want to say ps love you where Greg brought it up and I was like, oh yeah, that's like easily I could see them doing one more state of play. And I think that makes sense. Uh, but I think for how they've established state of play over the last couple of years, state of play isn't something I look toward, look, look for, forward to in terms of the big banger announcements anymore. I don't compare state of play really to Nintendo Direct at this point, right? Like I, I, I view the PlayStation Showcase as the, hey, this is where we're showing our 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 shining trophies worth of announcements right state of play feels very much a hey you know we're gonna have some cool stuff in here but don't expect the greatest of the greatest don't expect a final fantasy 16 and if we get that hell yeah dope that's gonna be a fun surprise but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna see here and expect it yeah i think what i'm really hoping for out of this because it mentions like looking at previously announced games which is almost always a given like what showcase doesn't have some level of previously announced games because that's just marketing but i guess i'm looking forward to most would be again the stuff that maybe i don't know about so like a cool indie game that i'm seeing for the first time you know i think back Mm. to like when we saw like kana for the first time and that ended up being like a, a much bigger deal game than i think 
it could have been right like it could have easily been a flash in the pan but it really was like a staple for that moment and it sold really well and it was a really really good game um so i'm hoping to see something like that where there is an indie game that sort of piques my interest um or something that like i'm not as familiar with or maybe even something that oh this looks like maybe so so but it's coming to you know playstation plus or it's going to be one of these like free games that's bundled in so i'm going to try it out inherently because it's going to be like the thing that we're playing that month um that's sort of my best case scenario because i don't think i'd be a little shocked if there's something we've never seen before that like blows people out of the water i think if if anything if we see something we've never seen before it's like oh this looks like it could be interesting rather than like something that's super established yeah, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Barrett. Barrett found a way to get that hashtag. No, shout out to L2 Fridays. Larson who sent it to us on Twitter in the PNG format. So thank you, L2 oh, Larson. Hey. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Janet, let's pivot from talking about PlayStation to talking about Xbox with story number three. Xbox is working on a cloud-native MMO. This is Jeff Grubb at GamesBeat. Finish Studio Mainframe is working on a cloud-native, massively multiplayer online adventure for Xbox Game Studios. That's according to reporter Jez Corden on the Xbox Two podcast, and it's something that I've separately confirmed through independent sources. Mainframe's game goes by the working title Pax Day, and it's something that people on the Xbox team are excited about for multiple reasons. Cloud-native here means that the players can access this, the same game through any device. The studio is also exploring potential gameplay mechanics that can only work in a game that exists primarily on a remote server. One key concept, however, is that the mechanics is that mechanics scale in terms of complexity. While anyone can do anything in Pax Day on any device, certain tasks will make more sense depending on where you are where you are playing. So if you're on phone, uh, or so if you're so if you're on your phone at work, you can open up the game and quickly do some crafting or resource farming. Then, when you get home to your PC or console, you can take on some of the more complex missions like raids. But key Xbox figures are also excited about PAX Day because of its value in highlighting hurdles with cloud-based development. The hope among those at Microsoft is that PAX Day can create an opportunity to set up best practices for this kind of game. And then other studios can run that same playbook in the future. In particular, Xbox is hoping to use those lessons with Hideo Kojima's potential upcoming Xbox game. Kojima and Microsoft are still finalizing a deal, but the Xbox team is lining up resources to aid the re renowned Japanese designer. In June, Microsoft hired Kim Swift to oversee cloud games and to work with Kojima on his project. Janet, how do you feel about an Xbox MMO that is cloud native? Um, I'll be frank, that's probably one of the <laughs> one of the like least enticing pitches that you can give to me personally, because I'm not a big fan of cloud stuff. I do think that's where we're moving. And I think, you know, I'm interested in dabbling in it because, again, I think that's where we are heading. I don't think that's where we are, but it's where we're going. Mm. And um, MMOs, I'm not into MMOs. So it's like, oh, a cloud based MMO. I'm like, no, no goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. But um, I do think it's interesting that they have that angle of doing different things on different devices because I definitely have had moments and the thing I can relate to a little bit more with that I've had moments playing games where I'm like I just wish I could do this on you know my iPad or on something else so I think that they're leaning into that is really cool um I do think it's funny that it's sort of couched as like oh if you're on your phone at work I'm like you're about to get fired out here crafting and farming yeah you're supposed to be working but um yeah I think the general concept is leaning into the strengths of what Xbox is pitching with the idea of play anywhere so I think it's smart it's just not necessarily something that all here from like my personal taste standpoint and get like hyped about the idea of of using cloud technology to play a genre that like i historically just never play 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you in terms of the the concept for the game doesn't uh, speak to me. I know um, the studio. I meant to put a link in here. I guess I forgot to put the link, or I put the link under the wrong story, and so I'm gonna be on the lookout for that as I go. Yep, I did put it under the wrong story. Actually, no, I'm thinking of a different thing. I digress. Uh, the idea of a cloud native MMO doesn't speak to me just because MMOs don't necessarily speak to me, right? I do think the cloud part of this is interesting because it reminds me of the way that the way Jeff's talking about this in the article. It reminds me of. Uh, something like Genshin Impact, where Genshin Impact I can play on my PS5 and have fun with, and then I can log off, and without thinking about it, I can boot it up on my phone and then pick it right up from where I left off, right? This sounds like what Xbox is kind of going for in terms of how they're treating the cloud, and I know Xbox has been trying to go for this for a long time. This was the idea with Crackdown 3, trying to make it cloud-based and use the cloud not only for access in the way that Jeff gives the example of, but also for, hey, we can make bigger worlds or we can uh, use the power of the cloud to like really make something look incredible or really shine or make a gigantic open world that you can explore uh, uh, for a long time. I think that stuff sounds super exciting and it applied to different kinds of genres is the thing that gets me excited because yeah, what does that look like with this uh, rumored Kojima thing? Uh, like what, what, what ideas does Kojima have? Because Kojima, if Kojima's known for anything, it's for crazy wild ideas. And coming off of something like Death Stranding, which did try to try to um, you know make statements and also implement I- ideas regarding online connectivity and people placing ladders to cross bridges and you being able to like that and all that stuff. Kojima's Kojima has interesting ideas when it comes to online shit and being creative with uh, 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 hardware in interesting ways. I, I want to see what he would do with something cloud-based. I want to see what that would look like. And I also want to see what, you know, if Crackdown 3 was, uh, came out and it was way better than it was, right? And if it if Crackdown 3 lived up to being the dream, what does that look like? And what does, what does a future with Xbox cloud games in this way look like? I'm curious about it because I think there could be something really cool there. Yeah, like I will say, like for all my hesitancies, I am ready to follow Kojima into the cloud, like whatever that means. Like mm, yes. it just sounds like an exciting statement because it's so weirdly SEO friendly <laughs> that I'm just like, oh, well, what, what kind? I'm just curious to, to know what how that technology would be utilized, because um, I will say one thing that I think has been very clear in sort of how Kojima's like approach projects is that when there's sort of an interesting shtick or gimmick it very much is like at the core of what the project is versus like there's plenty of technologies that we've seen utilized in a very like throwaway fashion to maybe sort of hope to reach like a wider demographic where it's like oh you can take advantage of this or not like it's just kind of like a fun fact it's like no this is going to be everything so like what does that look like um i want to know i feel like it'd be like the weirder it is the more interested i am so Mm. i'm curious as to what that ends up meaning i also think the idea of like the team is working on lining up resources. I'm like, are we just like collecting a, a bunch of checks to give Kojima? Like, well, I don't know what, really what lining up resources means. Maybe it means in terms of allocating, you know, team members and getting groups and different like expertise in. That's probably more realistic than just lining up mm-hmm. a bunch of, of checks. But I like to imagine it's just... Hey, for Kojima, you money. line up those checks. You He's line up that, that announcement... Those, um, with the Brinks trucks, like those trucks that bring in the money. It's like... Oh, yeah. Those. yeah. It's parked in front of Kojima's uh, mm-hmm. house. Dude, I that announcement, when that finally happens, and if that finally happens, where it's xbox at e3 and they're like introducing a special guest and they have the light upstairs and kojima walks down the light upstairs and it, like that is going to be a moment people are I gonna love go those crazy stairs too like it's so fun I, like, those I want stairs. those in my house they're so cool like yeah can you imagine like busting your shit on those stairs though like that'd be super like remember when beyonce fell down those stairs yeah like, if that was like the e3 moment like, that'd beyonce be really fall, for me i was thinking of jason derulo 
<laughs> no, now I mean, that clip? no, I have not. Okay, we'll exchange the clips like outside of the show. Yeah, but yeah it's, it was rough. Anyway, anyway, Janet, I want to remind folks out there that they can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Canva. Design is such an integral part of making content, but dang, it's hard. Or it was hard until we started using Canva Pro. Now I can design anything like a pro on any device. You can choose from thousands of customizable templates or start from scratch. It's something I love. I love the, the options there. Being able to go just look at a bunch of templates, it's helped with a lot of our promo imagery that we have to make. And it really kind of makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, it makes me feel like a genuine Andy Cortez. You love to see it. And Canva Pro has endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more that add your own personal spice to whatever you're designing. You and four teammates can design together, unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. You can design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash KFGD to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash KFGD. Canva.me slash KFGD to get your free 45-day extended trial. And next up, shout out to ButcherBox. Nothing beats quality meats. And with ButcherBox, you get more than just high-quality meats. You also get holistically sourced meat because ButcherBox always keeps the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. Gia blew my mind recently when she made a grilled buffalo chicken sandwich. It was so good. I love ButcherBox. Every month, ButcherBox will ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on your box type. It's a lot of meat. It's enough for 24 individual meals. The meat has no antibiotics or added hormones and is always packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members a 10 to 16-pound turkey free in the first box, perfect timing for thanksgiving just go to butcherbox.com slash kfgd to sign up that's butcherbox.com slash kfgd to receive a free turkey in your first box b-u-t-c-h-e-r-b-o-x.com slash kfgd to get that free turkey story number four cd project red has bought an indie studio this is joe scrabbles a made-up name at ign Cyberpunk 2077 in The Witcher creator CD Projekt has acquired indie studio The Molasses Flood, which will now work on a new game based on one of CD Projekt's IPs. Announced to investors today, CD Projekt announced that it had bought 60% of the Boston studio initially and organized transactions to take over the remaining 40% over time. The Molasses Flood will collaborate with CD Projekt's development unit, CD Projekt Red, but will retain full autonomy. The announcement mentioned that the Molasses Flood, quote, will work on its own project based on one of CD Projekt's IPs, end quote. That's likely a game set within the Witcher or Cyberpunk universes. CD Projekt has previously said that it will develop AAA, Witcher, and Cyberpunk games simultaneously starting from 2022. It's not clear what property Molasses Flood will work with, nor if this is an additional project on top of those planned developments. CD Projekt says it will announce more in the future. Molasses Flood subsequently confirmed the news on Twitter, saying, quote, We get to build a completely new game in the universe of an existing CD Projekt IP. We get to hire a lot more folks, and we get to keep making games based on the same principles that have always guided us, making games with heart built on rich gameplay systems, end quote. The Molasses Flood has previously created the Flame in the Flood in Drake's Hollow, both of which focused on survival elements, albeit with very different approaches. 
members of the Molasses Flood team uh, had previously worked on Bioshock, Halo 2, and Rock Band before creating the indie developer. Janet, what, what's your take on this, right? Molasses Flood, an indie studio that has worked on games like Drake Hollow, which Barrett is showing right now if you're watching the video version. Uh, and Drake Hollow, I believe, was announced at like XO19 and came out last year. Survival games, bought, now they're bought by CD Projekt and are working on likely Witcher or Cyberpunk spinoff games, or probably spinoff games. They're working on, on those titles to some extent. Where are you at with this? Um, I guess I'm not like terribly excited about it in the sense that usually when I see these acquisitions, well, I still feel the, the same core way I always feel when I see these acquisitions, which is, hey, hopefully this means more good things for this indie studio. Obviously, when people go into contracts, they go in because they think it will be a good deal. Um, hopefully that ends up being true. Um, and the idea of them retaining full autonomy also remains true where they can get like the best of everything their creative freedom, but also resources and support from a team that they obviously are excited to work with and respect. Um, but as far as like spinoffs from those specific things, I'm not that interested um, just because those IPs don't really speak to me at this point. Um, maybe The Witcher will once I like give it another shot. I'm waiting for that next gen update to like download and then not, not play the game, which I do with many games. But yeah, I tried playing it on on uh, Game Pass not that long ago, and I'm like, I might might as well swing back for like the update. So I'm going to wait for that. Um, but I have liked the flame and the flood. I didn't play too much of it, admittedly, but I really enjoyed the, the bit of time that I did spend with it. So I feel like the studio is talented and it'll be interesting to see what a indie version of a triple a game almost is because that's kind of what the, those spinoffs would be maybe they'd be looking at a really specific slice or idea and it'd be less of less about replicating the kind of game in a spinoff sense and more about creating maybe similar core gameplay elements but from a very different angle like i'm thinking of like other spinoffs we've seen like daxter with jack and daxter like those are still like kind of platformers inherently but they play pretty distinctively from each other so i think that'd probably be the best case scenario um, but yeah, you know, I'm down to see what they end up coming up with, but I'm not necessarily, I don't have anything in mind for what those spinoffs could be. I don't know if you're sort of picturing an angle that you might want them to take with this. I mean, I think this is fascinating because of their previous work. You know, it's not unheard of to have spinoffs to these kind of games. Like we had the Gwent card game that became a standalone game, right? And I'm sure uh, if I if I looked hard on on uh, Google to see like, oh, is there a Witcher Witcher mobile game? I'm sure that exists to some extent, right? Like I I think this falls in line with where CD Projekt has gone over the last few years. Which, hey, we want to be a company, a publisher that is focused on two gigantic ips one of those ips which is struggling quite a bit being cyberpunk and the other ip being witcher which is a huge hit and people love and people and people will continue to adore i i, I could see this being some kind of witcher survival game where you're playing as a nameless character that you create and you are in the world of witcher and maybe it is like you're tasked with hunts like you have to hunt griffins and shit and that like, it, it is more focused on the survival aspects than actually the actual core witcher uh rpg experience because that's a way that they can expand that out this reminds me of how we've talked about um playstation studios where you know we have the upcoming uh or we have naughty dog releasing last of us part two right last year and we have factions that we know exist it is announced but that is a completely different game than the last of us that is going to be a multiplayer multiplayer game that you play with your friends there's also the last of us tv show that they have that they have in production uh and i would and they also have that rumored last of us remake that is that uh was at least one point in production this strikes me as that where we have witcher gwent we have witcher 3 we have the the witcher tv show you have Cyber cyberpunk 2077 you had the plan cyberpunk multiplayer game you have that upcoming cyberpunk uh, uh netflix anime this strikes me as 
all right, cool. Let's keep building pillars. Let's keep let's keep Nintendoizing this thing in the way that not only do you have 3D Mario, you also have 2D Mario, and you also have Mario Kart, and you have Mario Party, right? The I think Witcher that, soccer game. Oh my god, I would I would be down for Witcher soccer. Mario Party, but with the cyberpunk character. I would also be down for these are all good ideas. Keep throwing them out. What else you got? Let's see what other Nintendo things are there. Uh, te- tennis. I don't like the tennis games though, or the golf games. Siri uh, versus Gerald in tennis. We do like some form of Tetris, like I don't know, like I was thinking Yoshi's Cookies or something, but with like, I don't know, The Witcher. Yeah, yeah. Then, and I, honestly, like I think that is the move, right? And I think this is this is the. I mean, when we look at the the um like the the company that established like hey this is what this looks like for video games i think nintendo is the shining star of hey we know how to make an ip and we know how to uh milk feels like a a a mean word but i'm just gonna use it anyway like we know how to milk these ips we know how to how to expand these ips into a bunch of different projects that support the overall mario is the biggest brand in the is the biggest video game brand in the world now right or zelda is is a big brand now because we're able to continually make different types of these same uh different types of games featuring these same characters in the same cast uh, Chad has a lot of good ones. We got Witcher Strikers, uh, Mario and Geralt uh, at the Summer Olympics, which is Ooh, my personal good. favorite. Uh, Cyberpunk Pikmin. Um, yeah, there's some Witcher <laughs> Witcher Puzzle League, a Witcher Boyfriend dating sim. That would actually work really well, I feel like, a dating sim. But yeah, we'll see what they end up actually coming up with. But these uh, names and angles are hilarious. Yeah, I love these ideas. And yeah, if I had to bet, I would bet that this is something Witcher related, just because it's hard for me to imagine how they would translate that survival game uh, like formula that they've already worked with and the two games that they've already done. It's hard to imagine that being converted into something cyberpunk. That strikes me way more as a Witcher. Like you're in the woods, you're you're doing your thing. And also, I I don't I I don't know how uh, CD Projekt figures out what the future of cyberpunk is right like i think there's so much you still need to do that figuring out a spin a spin-off game or like buying a developer to work on a spin-off game of cyberpunk i don't think is the move right now right now the move is how do we salvage cyberpunk so we continue to have that two ip approach i'd be shocked if it ended up being a cyberpunk spin-off and not a witcher one i also think the witcher world and characters are just far more beloved in part because there's just more history to pull from there and then also in part because like cyberpunk didn't have a good launch and then also like also the story of cyberpunk was kind of like i don't know i i am not excited to like have more of johnny in my skull or whatever that situation is like i don't know maybe other Maybe yeah, maybe other people are were really drawn to that narrative idea, but it didn't really feel like that was the big intrigue point in the game. While I think like The Witcher's story and lore is a lot more inherently like fascinating. Yeah, so, I don't know. But, there, we'll but yeah, like I, CD Projekt though wants that. Like that is what that that is the thing that you know when I when I try to understand what the strategy is or what the direction is or what the, the choices they're making, I I, I build that around what is the move now because right now the next steps of cyberpunk are we got to put out those next gen console releases we got to continue to patch and fix the game on what all all platforms that it is on and then i guess next would be dlc like hey let's put out a really banger dlc for cyberpunk to try and get those folks in because cyberpunk i think cyberpunk to some extent is salvage salvageable but it's going to be a big uphill climb because pr wise that game just went through went, went through a ringer, right? Like, the actual game itself, I think, is good. It was disappointing compared to people's expectations of it. But at the end of the day, that was a pretty good game. And I think when you're working off of a good game as a base, 
you can you 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 can climb, right? Like we've seen that happen over over and over again, where developers put out games that are underwhelming or disappointing, and they're able to no man's sky it, or they're able to Rainbow Six Siege it, right? Even though Rainbow Six Siege probably wasn't as disappointing as other examples I can go to, but you get what I mean in terms of hey, we can Final Fantasy fourteen this thing. I think that's what you try to do with Cyberpunk, or at least that's what they're going to try and do with Cyberpunk. But the the question is, are they going to be able to? And that is a thing that I don't know. Like I I don't know if you could actually do that with this kind of game, this kind of IP. But we shall see, Janet. For now, let's talk about a game and IP that seems like a lot of people are excited about with story number five. Stardew Valley's developer has announced their next game. I'm going from Anna Diaz at Polygon. Eric, concerned ape Barone, uh, the developer behind the massively successful farming simulator, Stardew Valley, announced his next game via his YouTube channel on Thursday. The game is called Haunted Chocolatier. Chocolatier? Is that how I pronounce that, Janet? I think so. Also, it's Ana Diaz. Ana Diaz, thank you. Uh, the game's called Haunted Chocolatier, uh, and from the looks of it, it will allow you to run a giant chocolate factory. The stream showed a character walking through a set of double doors toward a mountain, exploring woods, and then teased the clip of shop Tease a clip of a shop that employs a ghost as a cashier. Although the game looks very similar to Stardew Valley, the creator clarified in a tweet that Haunted Chocolatier is its own separate game and not an update to Stardew. Jane, are you a Stardew person? No. I Does have played a little bit. Yes, because I know Stardew is like a dope game, even though I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Like, I feel pretty confident in everyone's everyone I know that likes sim games and their assessment of it. Um, I just haven't spent a lot of time with it just because it's sort of a big investment. And there's it's a lot more intricate than the Sims I've played, which I think the most I've spent with the Sim is Animal Crossing, which is a pretty like comparatively simplistic game. Um, but I, I think Stardew is pretty cool. Like I like a lot of what they've done in that game. I think they've done an amazing job doing ongoing support with that game. And I'm excited for them to be doing something new. Like clearly that's what the creator wants to do. And I think that's a very um, bold choice to make because one, you could just hang out with Stardew probably forever. Two, you probably don't even, well, I mean, you know, life's long, so like money runs out, but you probably don't even really need to be doing any of this. I think this speaks to like the passion that this team has for like this project. Um, also Haunted Chocolatier, haunted stuff's good chocolate good i'm like this is okay i'm i'm in and there's like okay there's like there's a ghost cashier like all right yeah let's let's go for it the only thing i saw from this that gave me some level of pause and i'm sure if you played stardew you won't have this feeling because you've spent more time with the kind of mechanics i know stardew also has like some combat elements but seeing the combat i'm like oh it looks so stiff and like boring i'm sure it actually plays fine but just like seeing like someone slowly wave a stick it kind of reminds me of like the the gameplay at the beginning of garden story which is an indie game that came out this year where i also felt similarly where i liked the gameplay but then the combat just felt so stiff and slow and dry but i'm sure that also you know will feel a little bit better as you get maybe more abilities or weapons and yeah. things also, um, like, but yeah also, this looks cool i also think in terms of combat that that's probably the least of what people are coming to this for like people are yeah people are coming to this for the sim they're coming to it for like the characters and the story and like build, building out that chocolate factory you know i'm i'm similar to you where uh like stardew valley wasn't uh my jam per se uh but like i'm also not into the farming simulator type of, type of games this being this taking place in a, a chocolate factory that may or may not be haunted i can't I, uh, given the title haunted chocolate here i gotta imagine <laughs> that the chocolate factory is haunted yo I, i'm not a try that. Here, aren't you the chocolatier maybe you're what? haunted because right that's what tier like that that at that ending i mean the, yeah you are the you're the, you're the chocolate maker so you're maybe you are haunted. yeah so maybe like, the, what, the factory isn't haunted but but like you have like you're haunted and you have a little ghost buddy 
Yeah, you're the chocolatier in the chocolate factory. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Maybe you're already dead. You've been dead the whole yeah. time. I don't know what this is, but it's but, exciting. Uh, also, well, I was going to mention, right, like talking about like them moving on, doing a new thing. I will say a shout out to them being like, cool, we know what we got. We know how much people love Stardew Valley. This game is going to look a lot like Stardew Valley because I think that is going to make this game do gangbusters. I think the Stardew Valley Valley crowd is going to go crazy over this. And like from what I've seen on Twitter and Joy Noel in chat right now, it seems like they are going crazy over this. And so, yeah, this game is going to be successful. Like they're going to they're going to sell gangbusters with this thing. Yeah, the, the one thing I was going to ask before we move on was, uh, well, one, how much time did you spend with Stardew Valley? And then two, and I'm assuming you got at least this oh, far, it's not that I didn't, early. I didn't spend much time at all oh, with yes, Stardew Valley. Okay. Yeah. Have you fished in that game yet? No. What? Okay, yeah, you didn't spend, okay. I, I, I guess if you I don't like farming sims, that's Yeah, fair. no, like, I knew, I knew Stardew Valley. I was like, this isn't, this isn't me. And like, I had some similar thing with Graveyard Keeper last year, where it's a very similar type of game. And immediately, like, start, Graveyard Keeper, I put more time into than Stardew Valley. But even that one, I was like, no. Joey Noel in the chat says, fish, the fishing sucks. I kind of like the fishing. And it's funny, because when I was first playing Stardew, I was, like, tweeting a little bit about, like, my experience with it, as I often do. And the fishing was so contentious. And I think it's because a lot of people who were trying to, like, complete like the, that kind of quest line or that catalog had to like it's just very challenging and i'm like oh i like this but a lot of people were like oh my god this is like hell on earth so um i'm curious as to what this game's version of that will be like what kind of contentious or interesting sort of i don't want to say mini games because they are a core part of like the gameplay but i guess like the different kinds of gameplay mechanics that they're going to integrate in this because it's not in that farm sim sort of camp um, so I'm interested to see what that ends up being. But yeah, I'm, I'm down for this. Let's round out the report report with story number six. Advanced Wars has been delayed. Uh, this was tweeted out this morning by at Nintendo America. Uh, they tweeted, hello, troops. Hashtag Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp, which was set to launch on December 3rd, will now release for Nintendo Switch in spring 2022. The game just needs a little more time for fine tuning. You'll be battling with Andy and friends soon. Thanks for your patience. And it's like Andy, the Miyamoto Andy quote. Corto, uh, Cortez? Corto. Oh, yeah. You'll be, you'll be battling with Andy Cortez. He's going to be leading the troops. He's going to be leading the army. Wow. Uh, it's like the famous Miyamoto quote. You know, a, a game oh God, that comes out. Stop. <laughs> a game that a game that comes out is going to be bad. But if you delay it to February 2022, it's going to be a 10 out of 10. You think of February is spring? Oh, hey, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, I guess February is that spring. spring. Yeah, I'm like, when you, when you say when you say spring is in like a release schedule for a game, I my mind we, we don't know February. yet. Blessing. We've got to wait for Groundhog's Day. We got to wait for that little man to come out and decide if uh, they're getting two more weeks of winter or you know if spring's coming early. You know. Listen, I was just trying to make a joke, and, and you guys read into it, and you guys corrected me, and so like now I'm embarrassed. Right, I'm slash you're wrong. Now I'm embarrassed. But I'm. Uh, this sounds mean. Chad, I know February's in winter. <laughs> I don't want people to not be on their own schedules. Like delays are inherently a form of an L because it means something went wrong to some degree. Either you like scoped incorrectly, or you ran into a problem you weren't expecting. So I'm not excited on that end for like them experiencing that. But man, I did not have time to play this game. In December, like I, I was not going to probably like spend a lot really? of time with this, admittedly. So putting it to spring, I'm not going to say I have more time spring 2022 because I don't know what that looks like. But at least it's one less thing I have to do this year. So I'm I'm OK with this. See, I I would think that spring is makes it more likely that this is going to get lost in the shuffle in December. Because December right now, the only other big game coming out in December would be Halo Infinite. Uh, I think there's probably it's like one more other thing that I'm uh, that I'm missing. But you know, that's those are very different audiences between Halo Infinite and Advance Wars. Like, I think having that December would have been the time that that game could have breathed and not not have to compete. Spring right now is stacked in a way where 
uh like i know i mentioned i know february is not spring but february is right before spring and there's hello games coming out in february and then going into march and then in 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 the spring it seems like right now it is a pretty contentious time in terms of big game releases that's a good point but future me i always think like future me can do stuff I don't know if you have this problem, too, where I'm like, oh, when is it? Two weeks from now? Yeah, sure. I'll be there. And then it shows up and I'm like, what the hell is this on my calendar? Why do I have to oh, show yeah. to this? I mean, you've seen what my game calendar. Yes. You know, you know, you know that that is basically me. Exactly. That's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to juggle like five different games and struggling with all of them. And so I, I definitely understand that life. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's that thing where whenever I read delays now, I think half my brain goes to the, you know, Miyamoto, d- d- delay it, who cares, work on it, be good, all that stuff, right? Like, uh, it goes to that, but then also the other half of, we're in a pandemic, video game development is, is hard, especially for Nintendo. Like, Nint- Nintendo stuff got delayed all over the place when the pandemic hit, and so it's hard to really be surprised to see that a game moves from December into next year. But, hey, it'll come out, and we'll play it eventually. Janet, very excited for the release of Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, but... That release is just so far away. If I want to come out to Mom and Grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got the Dark Pictures House of Ashes for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. My friend Peppa Pig for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Hell and PC. yeah. Let's fucking go. The weirdest go. sequel to My Friend Pedro. Let's go. Let's go. Murder Diaries 2 for Xbox One, which is a wild one to put right after the My Friend Peppa Pig game. City Stunt, Stri- the City Stunt Driver for Switch. Reminiscence in the Night for Switch. Pro Flight Simulator for Switch, Demon Hunters, Riddles of the Light for Switch, Mini Golf Adventure for Switch, Hourglass for PC, and then Alyssa for PC and Mac. We got an NVIDIA GeForce update for you. Remember, we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest GeForce RTX additions to your favorite games, from ray tracing to NVIDIA DLSS to NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA DLSS is now accelerating performance with uncompromised image quality in over 120 games and apps, with even more being added every month, including games like Sword and Fairy 7, uh, which is the latest installment in China's most storied RPG series uh, that is now available with ray tracing and NVIDIA DLSS, with which more than doubles your performance. And then also we talked about before GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition that includes NVIDIA DLSS for the PC version. So get hype for that. New dates for you. Among Us is coming to Xbox, PlayStation, and Xbox Game Pass on December 14th. And then Breakwaters sails into early access on November 11th. Janet, folks can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where they write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Frank B243 uh, writes in and says, Widow Wednesday on Tuesday is another special name day. And so I'm, I'm trying to get my special name days up, man. We, I mean, we I'm really trying to get just got to lean into the Rogue Tuesday. I, 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 like, I, I appreciate I, I them trying to do the Widow Wednesday on a Tuesday, but the Rogue Tuesday is just it's too good it rolls right off the tongue listen there. greg miller as soon as he makes a joke the first time he's going to commit to it until it becomes i mean a that's I, that's a, so that's there's no way we're that's to literally yeah almost. but he's not here anymore he yeah, can't hurt you so <laughs> change everything <laughs> lock him out of everything he can't come back uh nana writes in and says death Stranding released one week before pokemon sword and shield jedi fallen order released the same day uh november november 15th uh and then shenmue 3 released four days at, later on november 19th which 
I don't think November. I don't think Shenmue Three was a big part of that conversation where we're talking about uh, big games okay. that we're playing. Uh, and then let's see. Nana also writes in and says GTA Three had some facial uh, movements and details, but it was very staggered uh, jaw movement. It wasn't. It wasn't clay faces like uh, it was in NGS. Appreciate that. Uh, Sisa writes in or Sisa writes in and says there are two Witcher mobile games. Gwent has been ported to mobile, and there is Witcher Monster Slayer, which is a Pokemon Go knockoff. Uh, okay. Uh, Nano writes in and says, "Concerned ape, uh, the developer of ha- Haunted Chocolatier, commented on how it will be haunted. Quote: I wanted to explore more fantastical possibilities, experiences that take you beyond the ordinary. That's where magical haunted ghost chocolate comes in." He says more, but sounds awesome. Go- it sounds awesome. Uh, they say more, but you can go over to hauntedchocolatier.net if you want to learn more. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, Nano writes in and says, "Peppa Pig two or Peppa Pig takes two hours to platinum. So if you're looking it's two for two hours, too platinum, many." I, I feel like you can get for with two hours, you can get an easier platinum than that. Yeah, you can or like a more enjoyable one. Like two hours can, is a long time. That's like a beat, whole ass movie. You can beat really good games in two hours. Yeah, like, like what's going on? Like, why are you is, playing Peppa Pig? Unless uh, you're like in that demographic for Peppa Pig, and then oh well, yeah, you know, if you're in the if you're in the Peppa Pig demographic, then go crazy. Yeah. Get your, but I also, I also don't think that that uh, uh, demographic no, cares that much play, about the platinums. I know, I know we're leaving, but did you play like games intended for kids when you were a kid? Because I played almost none of like the kid games as a kid. No, I don't think I did. I think I had, like the, I, on Game Boy and it sucked. And I was like, this that was the first game that I knew sucked. We had the educational PC games, mm. but I don't think I played any of the actual kitty games on my con- like right. i played like lego racing but i wouldn't i wouldn't count that yeah like we liked the, the like the the licensed stuff that was like for our age demographic right like yes. spongebob yeah. and like other shit like that but like yeah i, I don't have any memories of like yeah i wasn't like, playing the blues clues pl- platformer yeah, yeah. But, like i was playing I, like the dexter's okay, those games would be hard too PC. because they, they weren't made well so they'd be kind of hard to play as well it wasn't easy dude i like i like eight years old i was playing leader suit larry and <laughs> so like are you serious Jesus. at a friend's <laughs> why house are you playing that? why this is my friend addison who why had are you all going the bad to, like, games a friend's house at eight like that's also like no you didn't have friends at eight I did, but I wouldn't be able to go to their houses. Well, name my name my next door neighbor. I guess I went to her. Like I, that's what I yeah, first saw like Halo in the when I was a kid. This is like I, a wasn't neighborhood Halo, kid. Was something else. Anyway, let's just get out of here. Let's wrap things up. Uh, of course, today is Friday. That means that you have a whole week to look forward to next week. Next week's hosts are on Monday. You're getting Tam and Tim. That's right, a Tim Tam Monday. On Tuesday, it's me and Gary question mark. On Wednesday, it's me and Andy. Thursday, it's Tam and me. Then on Friday, it's me and Janet. That's right, we're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Barrett hanging out talking about Metal Gear Solid 3. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Remember, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.